This is the Let's Unpack That Podcast. I am your host, Lyle Behrens. Thank you for tuning in. Today, we will be unpacking digital blackface. I see a lot of motherfuckers say things like, oh, don't trip, you being too sensitive. It's not real life. It's just the internet. We on our phones so fucking much. Internet might as well be real life at this point. So we're going to get into that. And I'm not saying that black memes or black gifts should just be limited to black people like the N-word. I'm saying motherfuckers be doing shit where it gets real minstrel showish and that's a slippery slope. We're going to tell some stories and we're going to break down some shit. Hope you enjoy the show. Like and share on social media if you enjoy it and be well. So there are certain episodes I hold on to for some time just because I'm like, you know what? Let me save like a hard hitting one and let me put some fluff. Let me put a fluff piece in in between the, you know, me saying, ah, these bitches and white people, whatever the fuck I'll be talking about. But I feel this is the perfect time to do this one based on some recent events that occurred. And this also happened when Aria was with me and Ariel's with me right now. Hello. Good to have you here. So to cut straight to it, we have we go up to wine country like because it's only like a 45 minute with no traffic to like hour and 20 minute drive. So we go there, sip wines, all that good stuff. Have a good time. Anyway, so we're at this one place that Ariel's a member at and I'm going to just cut straight to it. So dude is like and like I'm. I gotta like stop being friendly with people because motherfuckers like really be thinking like they can kind of say anything to me and shit. Mm-hmm. So, so this dude Alex who works there, and I have no problem saying his name because it's like a regular. I'm not saying the name of the winery. It's it's not like saying Lyle. Like it's just you know it's a regular ass white name. So Alex comes up to me and he's like just way too enthusiastic about this bad. Uh, car insurance commercial iced tea. I'm just going to play it for you, right? It, it He was, like, trying to sell me on, like, the 10-minute aspect, but here's just, like, a short aspect, the, the short clip. What's up, America? It's your boy, Ice-T. And if you know me, you know I love my cars. No matter how much I love them, I know they're going to break down. And that's why I protect my babies with car shield. I know a car out of warranty means repairs are going to be expensive. And CarShield helps get those repairs covered so I don't have to. And they can do the same for you. That's simple. We saved over $6,000 on a complete engine rebuild of our truck. The dealership told me, well, you know, you have to pay for this. I said, no, don't have to pay for this. Why? I got CarShield. When your car breaks down, you can take it to any certified mechanic. All right, all right that's enough of that. I was, gonna, I was like, you know, I'm not going to torture you with that. Anyways, the whole concept is... Ice-T is selling this, like, bullshit car insurance because, obviously, they're giving him a check. He's like, yeah, and it's like, Ice-T hasn't been, like, relevant in forever. And, you know, he's got, like, this, you know, they're doing the era, 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 and he hasn't been, like, done anything with, like, rap in, like, forever. And then I'm like, this, this is feeling real, dude. And it's like, if he just got it off once, I would have been like, let it go. But he really wanted me. He's like, no, no, it's really funny. I'm like, He's like, because, you know, Ice-T's like a has-been. I'm like, Ice-T is not a fucking has-been. He's, like, on TV, like, you know, 
I don't know, eight hours a week. Like, however, <laughs> I don't know how often law and I don't know much about Literally Law and Order. Constantly, there's 24 hour marathons of Law and Order SVU all the time. Right, I don't watch that shit. I, I watch it like if I'm like hungover in like in a hotel room and like ah fuck it, this is on. But the point is, is so he was like really just trying to get me to go, and I'm just like oh, okay. And then he's like no Larry, and then Larry's just like oh why dude? Because every winery has like like a, 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 a like a human dog, which is like an old retired guy. That just kind of hangs around there, and they're all kind of like incompetent. And I don't say that to shit on old people. I say it to shit on the old people that choose to go there to like lend their services there. This motherfucker don't want to wear a mask. He's like one of them, and I can't. I want to punch these people. The uh, uh, expose the nose, but mask is covering the mouth. But he's one of them fucking idiots. And then Alex is like, "No, but Larry thought it was hilarious." I'm like, "Oh, you mean like a fucking." A 65-year-old white guy that doesn't want to wear his fucking mask thought it was hilarious. Oh, wow. What a surprise. And Larry was just like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Was, he's like, no, and they're nice to... And he just like, Ario. Yeah, he was like, no, it's just funny because it's like, er, 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 and like, he hasn't done, he hasn't done rap, he hasn't done this, and I'm like, he's like, not only is he on TV all the time, you should follow him on Twitter because he's really funny. Like, he's like a relevant person that a lot of people like. And I personally, I'm a fan. <laughs> Ice-T is a relevant person in pop culture, and he's, I mean, I, I, I don't want to make this like an Ice-T appreciation podcast, but what Ice-T has been able to do with, oh yeah, he also, but, but before I get my Ice-T appreciation, he was like, well, you know, and then he made like that song, like he made a rap song, like like about killing cops, and like, yeah, that was a fucking heavy metal song, it was like rap metal, he's like, oh, I didn't know he did it, and I'm like, yes, Ice-T has a heavy metal band, like, you don't know shit about fucking iced tea and like I, like again like I, I think white people need to stay out of hood business but it's like you don't know shit about iced tea you're just like yeah he hasn't done anything and it's like because so, just because you don't know it doesn't mean it doesn't happen and that's like that's like a thing i find offensive is that what because white people ain't fucking with it they think like it's not popping like there was a thing like back when michael Che would be on his instagram stories a lot like starting shit and having fun is he like he was posting something about comedy and some white and Michael Che, he would like respond to people on Instagram stories like Twitter. It was like really entertaining. And he would like screenshot the shit. It was fucking funny. But somebody tweeted, uh, or somebody sent him like, Well, what is Cat Williams doing now? And then Michael Che responded, probably making an arena full of black people laugh. <laughs> and he was like, That's the thing with uh Todd's and Megan's. They think if something's not for them, then it ain't popping. Right. And like so, that's something I personally find offensive is when when white people are like, "Well, I haven't heard of that." It's like because it ain't for you, nigga. But anyways, to the quick iced tea appreciation, he has managed to stay. One, he was able to reinvent himself with like having like New Jack City and being in movies, and then uh, Law and Order. So he's like in our conscious constantly via Law and Order. He's entertaining on Twitter with the, all the motherfuckers and shit. He's like he's. He's kind of like right up there with Samuel Jackson as far as like entertaining old black dudes on Twitter go. And then Coco. Ice loves Coco. <laughs> Remember that show? No, no. I, I kinda... they, had a, they had a reality show together for like a few years at least. So Ice-T had like one of the first like ri like ridiculously like big booty, big booby, uh, just spit spilling out of her clothes. Not like Beyonce, where it's, it's, it's like, like hourglass plastic. curvy. It's like yeah, it's like plastic. It's yeah. like before, like we had like Nicki Minaj and Cardi and shit like that. It was like 
Coco was kind of like the original, like, plastic. Like Bratz doll. Yeah. Yeah, like the original plastic uh, fucking, um, what was that movie, um, The Incredibles? Yeah. Yeah, it was like, she was like one of the first, like, women to, like, walk around here looking like that in our consciousness. Right, and not only that, like, at first it was like a joke that he's got this wife that just looks so over the top fake, like such a rapper wife. And now it's like very, like, wait, they've been together 20-something years. Like, yeah. They have like a really solid, strong relationship. They've got kids together. Like, this is a, we are a iced tea positive household over here. <laughs> <laughs> and, and they got through her cheating, too, which is like. They got through it. Yeah, he, he managed to. He managed to be very pimp about it. But anyway, so that so okay, Ice T appreciation over. So And genre bending. We didn't mention that in that list. Oh, with the rap metal? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's funny. Ice T's like one of those guys where like nobody really like within hip hop, no like even people that grew up in that era, it's kind of like if you talk about West Coast hip hop, it's like people kind of more go back to Ice Cube, NWA, Dre, because they made the more memorable music. Uh, too short. Like Ice T is a real, but Ice T is recognized as like a okay six in the morning. You really got this gangster shit started. And I think it's also because of that. Like in the white people consciousness that is not aware of everything else he's done, they put him in this one box of gangster rap and don't really see that as like a human being. But his entire career has shown he's very versatile. He's like. He's interested in trying lots of different things. Like, he is a very complex person, and he's not just a caricature. And so what was happening is he's laughing at this caricature he's seeing on screen, and he's not looking at this like, oh, this is a person who's also collecting a check for this. Good for him. Go Ice-T. Yeah, and he's, he's like, <laughs> and then it was like, he's like, and I was, and then this, this also bothered me, and this is like a thing about not knowing your history. So me, I was like, at first I was like, yeah, all right, whatever. And then I said to Ario, what did I say? You said I'm two glasses of wine away from saying what I really think. Right. And then I eventually did. And then I said, and like, this is, I, I hate it when people don't get sarcasm and history. Cause I said to him, oh, I have some, if you like this, I have some old Disney cartoons you'd really like. And he's like, <laughs> oh, really? This, yeah. Yeah. It's like the crows. And then he's like, okay. Yeah. Yeah. And he goes, come on, man. Yeah. 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 Come on. I'm like, he's like, no, that's not. And I'm like, no, you're like, oh, this Negro, this bullshit car insurance. And because then he started breaking down how the insurance policy was bullshit. Right. So, and it's like Ice T didn't make the policy. Yeah, he's a <laughs> fucking spokesperson. Have he's, you seen an infomercial literally ever? Like, that's their style. It's low production value, it's testimonials, and it's someone that's eye catching. We're talking about it. I think it was a great commercial. I'm in marketing. I will give my stamp of approval. Boom. So then he gets to, to like, because I do, when situations like this happen, I go, Lyle, are you being too sensitive? Like, are you just, I mean, it's also to the point where it's like black people are so part, part of pop culture. Like SNL was like way too fucking white for so many years. And now it's like, like it has like more black people on SNL, but it's like black people are so a part of pop culture to the point where like, it feels like we should have more black people on SNL. Yeah, because it does feel like up maybe up till recently we're not like regular watchers of SNL, but until recently, it's like even though there's black people, it's still white people humor. Right, right, you know? right. Which is why I think like SNL has been struggling to 
finding like a, a younger audience for some time because it's like, well, the world is getting more blacker, but the work, but the humor is still like middle flyover states, white people humor. But that aside though, is like, he was like, you know, he comes on he's like, he's like, yo, what's up? I'm iced tea. And it's, it's your boy iced tea. It's your boy iced tea. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, and that's how the fuck he talks. Like he's still from like fucking South central LA. Like he's still like, what you think? Like if, and if he came on, he's like, Greetings. I'm Ice T. Not to be confused with the cubes. You'd be like, oh, what the fuck? Why the fuck is he talking like this? <laughs> like, that's how the man, he's like, it's your boy Ice T. Like, I'm pretty sure he talks like that regularly. You know? Yeah. I'm pretty sure that's what his outgoing voicemail sounds like. <laughs> it's your boy Ice T. Leave a message and I'll get back to you. Leave a message after the beep. <laughs> but don't be too fucking long about it. I got motherfuckers leaving me messages all the time. <laughs> <laughs> But so I look at that shit and I'm like, and he, and like, there was like this, he's like, well, I don't mean to offend you. And it's like, and I mean, I was not about to teach like a fuck. I was not about to do a, a, a black saviors moment. I was not about to do some white whispering when I'm fucking trying to enjoy my motherfucking self. But the point was, is like the, the, the kid was, didn't even like really, it was just more like, yeah, hey, I didn't mean to offend you. Versus, like, how is that fucked up? Yeah, like, and that's like the problem with white people for me. Yeah, it's he's not like he's because he he clearly thought he was like a hundred percent right and a hundred percent like like right about knowing that it's funny. And so, like, the fact that he's showing it to you and to me, and we're both just kind of sitting there, <laughs> and he's not like, oh, maybe this isn't that. Maybe, he's his mind goes, maybe they don't get it. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that's like the thing is. And this is like really important is something I, I, I got to uh, talk about right here is bombing in real life. Because there's like bombing on stage and then bombing in real life. I got to tell my uh, my Phoenix story at the airport. You must. So I was at the airport in Phoenix one time, like wait, uh, coming back from a gig, waiting on uh, connecting flights. And I'm sitting at the airport bar and it's this woman uh woman bartender bunch of like guys that just have like that very kind of like wear and tear traveling salesman kind of look like <laughs> you feel like hey, I go here for the golf and then I get back to the wife and uh, make it in time for dinner and I'm gonna have a few drinks and maybe a few more when I get home and so they had like a very kind of like uh how would I, I, I just like kind of like working class country club vibe that's funny you know what I mean? Yeah. So, like, like the type of guys like OJ Simpson would probably play golf with now. So, he's, like, just fucking holding court and, like, just getting off a bunch of whack jokes. And I'm just sitting there just... This at, is at the airport bar. At the airport bar in, in Phoenix. And I'm just sitting there being, like, the fucking uh, social anthropologist I am. <laughs> and he's just, like... And then she's just kind of, like, yeah, the tips and she, And she's, like, you know... She was like attractive enough for him to like be doing the most, and then some of the guys around the bar were like kind of in those bullshit. And at one point, he said, "He says, so uh, as he holds like a little whiskey, <laughs> a little shot of whiskey. So, so what's the hardest part of uh roller skating?" She's like, "I don't know what." Telling your parents you're gay, and then she's like, "Uh, he's you know, roller skating, yeah, gay." And she says, "I have a gay roommate. He's my best friend." And then he goes. And then he just looks around, and then he's like, 
wow, okay. And like he wasn't even embarrassed. He was <laughs> he was just kind of more like, oh, this is weird people. Wow. <laughs> fuck, what's wrong with you? You don't get roller skating. You don't get why <laughs> gay is that? <laughs> no, it's weird. <laughs> Right, and that was like that's like the most. I mean, I bombed in like. Has your roommate told you where he puts it? <laughs> Are the dishes sticky? <laughs> does, does the rent money stick together when he hands it to you? Oh no! <laughs> oh, we're gonna go there. So he was like fucking like bombing in like a real life situation, and like. He lacked like the the fucking awareness to realize like, man, I should maybe apologize. I should maybe uh, be like, I should maybe like try to save it. Yeah, <laughs> say, I should maybe say something like, oh, this is fucking eh, political correct culture, or like I don't know, like this. I mean, I'm not that. T- I wouldn't fucking do no shit like that, but. Like, if I were to do something like that, I would find a way to, like, I would I mean, have... He literally, like, opened the papyrus and found the oldest joke in the book, you know? Yeah. <laughs> like, that was written on some Dead Sea Scrolls, that, that joke. <laughs> in a in an Axe body spray bottle. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, but then, like, he doesn't even, like, he's not even really aware of, like, yo, you see the... Re- and then he was like, no, no, fucking Larry likes it. And then I said, oh, oh, of course he likes it. <laughs> and then it is it's so funny to me because Alex is like the same guy there was what was the joke again because I didn't hear it oh uh so basically we were at the same winery it was you know a few months back this really old white dude just walks up to Alex and the black guy who works there and I just see there's the, a black guy who works? he was there that day okay I think he like I think he does maintenance uh-huh. Uh-huh. um but he like he walks up to him and he's like, uh, why he okay, I don't remember it. Something to do with Jap- Japanese car makers and the punchline has the word pussy in it. Mitsubishi. Mitsubishi. Something something about Mitsubishi and he said something about pussy. It, itchy pussy, something like that. Itchy pussy, yeah. And then uh they just like kind of stared at him and then he's like, Comedy? <laughs> You know, comedy, and he walks away. <laughs> I about died watching that interaction because it's just like he's so unaware, and it was not a funny joke. But like, then Alex goes and turns around, and does the exact same fucking thing. Right, right. And what's funny is, is like, you know, because like I meet certain like old people, and I'm like, wow, they really kind of like lack some awareness and i'm like what the fuck were you like when you were younger mm-hmm. like like when, when people would be like oh wouldn't it be great for for lyle to do some comedy for us right now like wouldn't that be great it's like i, I do this for a living you cunt you know <laughs> <laughs> like, are you gonna mention what he said Start when we first got there. Of course, yeah. Let's bring it back. Well, I thought you were going to set it up, but. <laughs> Just did. <laughs> <laughs> so then we, we get there, and then. <laughs> so so Alex comes up, and he's like, hey, so so you getting ready to do any shows? And keep in mind, Alex is like Ariel's age. Like, he's like 28 or some shit. 29. 29. Same thing. Yeah, in between our age. So he's like, hey, you doing some comedy anytime soon? I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I got a few things lined up. I will be plugging those closer to the date. <laughs> and it, I was like, yeah, I got, he said, all right, well, 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 you know, let your, let your Jewish uncle know, man. 
And he's Jewish and Italian for context, and but white for the for everything I'm saying. And I, I was I was like, okay, for for, for what? And he's like, well, no, I'd, lo- I'd love to do some. I'm like, what? I said, you got to figure that shit out. And <laughs> well, all right, all right, you walk it through. Okay, so he goes, he goes, okay, yeah, let me know. And to me, I thought he was like, let me know when the dates are. I'd love to go, you know, attend, support. Nope, it was. Yeah, you you know I um yeah I, I'm ready I'm ready to get started. <laughs> and I've never had nothing like that in my life happen before. <laughs> like I've never had anybody say to me like yeah I'm re- like let me know when you're performing I'd love to perform with you. I've had people say shit like hey do you know where I can find an open mic Hey Lyle how do I get started I've never had like oh well if you're doing it then I can do it like it's like we're it's, like it's fucking paint night. Yeah, like, <laughs> by the numbers. Yeah, yeah, like no, it's like a wine and paint. Like I go up there, and then like people pay me, and then they'll pay you a little bit of money too. It's your first <laughs> time, so you don't make as much money, but you still make some money. <laughs> like, how do you? Like, yeah, and then and then he's like, well, and I found that more offensive than that bullshit ass. Thing, on, yeah, it was it was it was pretty shocking, and he was just like, and Lyle's like, I've been doing this ten years. Like, if you want to start comedy, you got to figure it out. Like. I mean, you've never told a single joke on a stage before. Why Why do you assume that Lyle Baird is going to put you on a stage? That makes no fucking sense. Yeah, and I'm like, all right, well, this, this is what happens when, like, I feel like you are a bit of a loner, so, so to speak. I, I mean, I don't know if he's a loner, but but that, that's a conversation for us to have off mic. But my whole thing is like all right like that is just like a certain lack of like awareness and i realize i am making this a little bit more of a lyle barron's cause now but i feel like this was important for context since yeah. ariel brought it up yeah i did bring it up yeah yeah you got you got more to say about that no i'm talking about that because i mean i'm not gonna lie like well, that, that does have a little bit of free rent in my mind right now i i do have something to say about it because it brings me back to one of your other episodes when you were talking about how white people like the idea of having black friends more than actually having black friends. Um, And I think that kind of came through in that interaction because he likes the idea that he knows about the culture and that he has this cool black guy who comes in that he can like talk, talk to and like shoot the shit with and, and like talk, we often talk about different like things in pop culture with him and so he's like excited. And I try to keep it to white pop culture. I'm like, let's talk about the Sopranos or some shit. Like, you know, <laughs> I don't want to have, and not even because like. We're not talking red table talk. No, no, no. Well, because like, you know, I really don't like, a, you got to be a certain type of white person in order for me to like really be wanting to talk about black popular culture with you. Like, I got to know you're like, I don't want to, I don't want to use the term safe, but I got to know you're not a fucking idiot. <laughs> and like I was just like I, I don't trust it like you're not a fucking idiot but anyway anyways sorry I'll keep going yeah so like so like in that moment that's where like it collided between this like in his head this conception that I like the idea of having this friend with the reality of who Lyle specifically is and also just like who I think most black people would not really find that super funny maybe somewhat I don't know but like just like who, what they would actually think versus what his conception of what they would think. You know what I mean? Right. So right. I think that was a real life example of what you've already unpacked. Well, and then and then and then the shit with uh with the album, and this is like this goes to, and this is why I have no problem saying like his name on here because like if you do, because like look, if my thing is just like I don't, you can say I'm being a chatty patty, whatever. Maybe I am, but 
my thing is like, okay, well, if you're confident, if you're comfortable enough to do that, then I can be comfortable enough to do this shit. So, so Alex asked me about my album. And again, I'm not like the type of like, hey, you listen to my album? Because like, if you listen to this, like even semi-frequently, you know that that's just not my personality. So he's like, yeah, I saw your album out. And I was like, yeah, 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 and, uh, yeah, yeah, you know. And then he's like, I didn't listen to it, but I saw this out. And I was like, cool. That's uh, all right. And he's, it, it's, it's, he's like, well, I, 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 can, I can listen to it. I, I can get it. And then I was like, yeah, it's on like the fucking internet. What, do you think I'm like ha- hanging out at the swap meet handling like disc? He's like, well, I don't know. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. What is there to add after just like explaining that situation? Like my my mind fails to comprehend. When someone says an album is out, usually it's like, okay, like what's it called? Let me look it up. Boom. Easy. Goodbye. <laughs> I've done it before. <laughs> and then you have the balls to fucking ask me about starting in stand-up comedy, you fucking asshole. And you haven't even listened to your album. Yeah. And, and I mean, it's like... I don't, again, like, I don't have this thing, because, like, if he just wanted, if he was just, like, my little winery friend, and then, like, hey, what's up? Yeah, yeah, okay. You don't gotta listen to my shit. I don't need to have that relationship with everybody. Right. I don't need a, you need to support Lyle Barron's artistic endeavors and everything, especially if, like, you're so fucking far away, and it's like, I don't, my mind doesn't work like that anymore. But if you're going to bring that shit up to, to my face and then be like, yeah, how can I get it? And then because like when I said, like, figure that shit out, he was like, wow, I'm kind of hurt. I'm like, you serious? He's like, yeah. Yeah, well, I mean, because you went and you were like, um, like he, okay, going back to the the thing about how he was like, all right, I'm ready to get on stage. Let's do it. And um, you were like trying to give him an analogy that would like make sense to him. And you were like, what if you, what if I said to you, what if I were like, cause he does photography on the side. I said, it's like me being like, all right, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm ready to do photography. Like, yeah, I take you out and show you. I'm like, no, you ain't got time for that shit. But then it didn't work because he doesn't do photography full time. That, that's why I was like, the real analogy is like, oh, um, yeah, I'm ready to uh, shoot a wedding. You want to bring me along to shoot a wedding? <laughs> <laughs> like, that's really what the analogy is. It's like the damn job, not the skill set, you know? Right, right. So I look at that, and, and then I gotta have this conversation with you before I let you go, and I, I get back to like really unpacking the shits. Is sometimes I go, "What am I doing wrong?" <laughs> <laughs> so like, because like the thing that happened right was like it was it was my thirtieth birthday, and we were like wine tasting all that shit. And I got like the type of person that where it's like I'm really and this is like a 30th pandemic birthday. So I got the type of personality where like I just kind of like if you just around like, yeah, come through. Like that's my attitude. It's like it don't mean as much to me. Probably it does to other people. Like, oh, I was over. Lyle let me in his home. It's like, nigga, I let everybody to my house. Like if we just kicking it and listen to music and fucking having some drinks, like I don't feel like going to places (laughs) (laughs) in my area. So I don't know what it is, but it's like how we got from that to then thinking that shit's cool because I do, I'm the type of person where I like to have a line with white people because I feel white people have a habit of getting really fucking out of pocket or maybe not even out of pocket, 
maybe they just do some shit that's culturally sloppy. Because <laughs> there's certain things that, like, black people were just like, yeah, we ain't do that now. You can't come... You can't come at a nigga like that, man. So, like, we had, you know, I don't know what it is. Do you have any insight? Well, I think it relates to, like, like so much of just, like, not being racist is, like, not being a fucking weirdo when you talk to black people. And, like, right. <laughs> and, like, a lot of people, like, they, a lot of people who grew up not around black people or around very, very few black people think that what they see in the media and what they maybe see on Twitter, like black Twitter, that's like obviously hilarious because black people are hilarious. Like yeah, we will get into black Twitter later. Yeah. But, um, but like they see that and they think I want to join in the fun. And they like, don't recognize like a lot of that whole part of that humor is developed because there's this culture among black people because <laughs> like of like all the reasons that they've had to be seg like I don't want to put it just to segregation but like a culture doesn't develop just randomly it developed because of like all sorts of things that are known among black people that white people like either we are used to speaking to each other yes that is handed down yes. and then we are used to speaking to you a certain way so yes. we've been in this corner and Other communities, so it's like, I mean, like, when I hate that, like, my poor white great-grandfather came here on a boat bullshit. But that, for example, is like, well, you still white. So, like, they called us garlic chuckers. They called us mix. Whatever the, whatever the fuck. It's like, okay, but there was still some intermingling. You still became police. You still got some respect in the military. And eventually, like, you're white. Assimilation. Assimilation. Yeah. And black people because... That shit was just hazing too. Black people because of their skin were not allowed to assimilate. You know? Like, not that they necessarily want to. Some of them did. But like, there's like a... like you. That's guys, another conversation. Like you, yeah. just, like you just said that you guys are used to talking to each other. You guys are used to talking to white people. White people are used to talking. Period. <laughs> yeah. White people are not used to listening. They're not used to nuance of who, who am I talking to and what's appropriate with this person. Right. So just within the realm of the black community, there is, I mean, like, okay, just the hood. There's a difference between a street nigga and a hood nigga. And you don't talk to a street dude or and a hood dude the same kind of way not the same types of things fly with them. So to an outsider, it's just like, ooh, violence, urban, oh, ooh, cool, like whatever you, <laughs> or, or probably both. But for where I'm coming from, where we coming from, there is a clear difference. Then to just take it outside of the hood, you know, and the hood is like not, it's like, you know, you got like, you know, you got like your typical hood rat, ratchet bitches, you got like the, good girls just like from the hood but they like got their shit together you got you got all types of people so then you take it to just bl black community in general it's like all right then you got your your bourgeoisie black people and you got your you you i mean and that's the thing where it's it's like even within the black community people think like you know bougie upper middle class black motherfucker it's like no you have like your yes you do have your like kind of house nigga archetype sellouts you, you Clarence Thomas types, but then you also got like the kind of Stanley Crouch, like I ain't taking no shit, and like 
Yeah, I'm black. Yeah, I'm bougie. Yeah, I'm conservative. And I'll sock you in your fucking jaw if you fucking talk to me sideways. I don't give a fuck who you is. And yes, I am educated and well-read. So it's like we are... I don't want to do the whole, we're not a monolith people, but like we are used to switching up how we speak even within our own culture. Right. There's even... I mean, people talk about code switching. There's even interculture code switching. So to then take it to, so like, then when we go out in the world, like we're kind of like, okay, this is this, like even me with white people, like when I'm talking with, like I was telling the story, story earlier of like the, the kind of like working class country club, like the blue collar country club, white dude, white people, where it's like, I don't know, they live in some shit like Colorado, Arizona, uh, they have a fucking deck. <laughs> they love talking about it. They yeah. love talking about their decks with their hot tubs. Yeah, I built the deck. That's what they love saying. Yeah, <laughs> and they're like, kind of, like you know, they're not like hillbilly rednecks. Like they have too much money, and they're a bit more of a. They come from more means, and they're a bit more me- on the metropolitan side. But they're still, even if they fucking vote blue, they're still really fucking backwards when it comes to a lot of things, mm-hmm. and not country backwards like white people. You're still like you're saying some shit that's cool in '95 that isn't cool, you know, today. And I feel like just to take it back to the digital blackface thing, like that video, taking it back to like the very beginning of this topic, that video, I could see him posting it and saying something that he thinks is funny as a caption. You know what I mean? Right. Like, isn't it like we experience digital blackface in real life, which is a rarity. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean, but yeah, that's like an example of like some digital blackface shit. Like you think it's all good. And I'm like, not real. Like, and I'm like, a black guy that's like from the culture that's like from the same place that Ice T is actually fucking from. No, 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 no. It's not that. It's like it's like it was playing on like a, 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 a some show out here. I'm like, was well, it a local car insurance or is it like net? Like, no, it's national. Like, so you're laughing that a commercial is playing in your town with Ice T. Oh, like, he did say that. He said, "Well, they run in Hillsburg. It's like there's like no black people here." Yeah, and he didn't say there's no black people. He did. Oh, he did. Okay, yeah. I was like, I was like zoning out. Maybe he said it's like all white people, but regardless, the end result is the same. That the sentiment was the same, and then it's not. And then I say it. He's like, no, 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 that's not what I'm saying at all. It's like, no, I'm repeating what you're saying. Like I'm saying it more. The I'm just saying it like a black man, and you're just saying it like a white man. And so, so I mean, with digital black, like with that type of shit, where you think something is all good. Like there was that one thing with um what was it say like? Andrew's sister where she posted uh this thing and it and for for context this is a very this type of this is a very bohemian white artist woman and I won't say her name because she actually reached out and apologized and she wanted to make up right and all that so I will not say her name on here but she basically posted this thing and it was um and she's like Finnish. Uh, and like white and Jewish, and she posted this thing and was like, uh, "Camilla's Camilla Harris's name in uh, Finnish translates to like bullshit or something or like a mess or like terrible, terrible I think. something like that." And then basically all these other people came up and da 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 like, you, "This is fucker," and like told her what was wrong. I'm I'm gonna assume you guys are smart enough to know like why the fuck you shouldn't do that, so I'm not gonna even say it on here, but. <laughs> That's like an example. Like that was a, I don't even know if you would call that a digital blackface moment, but I, I just use that as an example. Like there are all these scenarios of like white people. They just think like, oh no, it's just this thing. Like it's just this thing. And they don't realize like what the fuck, like what they're laughing at is rooted in. So even when I say to Alex something about like uh, 
I'm like, yeah, yeah, the old Disney cartoons? It doesn't register. Crows dancing and singing doesn't register. Yep. So you don't even have context of fucking like history. And that's not to say you can't ever because some black people do some shit that is very laughable, but like I'll see some shit like like the did you see the gorilla glue story? Yes. So some shit like that, which is just like a bunch of people that don't know a motherfucking thing about black women's hair. And because there was a time like in the mid 90s, like motherfuckers only knew about about black women's hair really from like watching black male comedians joke about weaves and extensions and oh, don't get me started on that shit. But so then they're just like laughing at this gorilla glue shit. And then like, ah, oh, yes, dumb ghetto bitch. She ha. And they're not saying dumb ghetto bitch, but that's the sentiment when I see non-black laughter like that. Mm. Damn. I thought you had something to ask. No, I was listening. I was, I was rapture. No, I mean, I think that the Gorilla Glue thing, like, most of the people I saw posting it were black, so I didn't see as much of that, but... Well, I saw some non-black people commenting on it. Oh, I see. And boy, did it look pretty bad. You know, there's a, speaking a lot about um black women in hair, this is why Rihanna's the GOAT. Like, this one fucking Indian girl, she commented on Rihanna's page, like, uh, something like... Somebody Rihanna having fake hair, and she said, I'm just going to go buy some more from your aunties, and I run along and play. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> that was fucking great. White women be getting extensions, too. Don't let the game fool you. Yes, they do. Not me. Not at all, no. <laughs> no. In fact, need the opposite. <laughs> Long ass that Rapunzel in this bitch. But so I got to so ask you, this is before I let you go, do you feel you've ever done digital blackface before? I think I have in the sense of like using like GIFs to express myself that are black. You know what I mean? And, and let me make it clear. I have no, I'm going to unpack, pack the, I'm gonna, we're going to go deeper in later. I have no problem with a white person using a black GIF. I think it depends on what it is in the context. Cause I have seen some that are like, uh, it's not just about the sentiment, the gif, like, or gif, whatever you want to call it. Like, I have a problem with this all the time. Yeah. It, it's also, like, it, it's it's so much a context thing. Um, but, like, yeah, I think that I've seen it in ways that makes me feel weird. Like, okay, let me give an example. Right. Okay. So, at my former company, we use Slack, which is, like, a tool. It's kind of like instant messaging, but everyone's on it. And you can react to different like things people post with emojis and you can also create new emojis. So it's not just like the emoji menu, it's everything. And basically, um, someone, I don't know who I have suspicions. Someone created, uh, an emoji of, uh, of, I think it's Nick Cannon. It's really small. So it's hard to say making like a face. And then it said, and then, like the the word you would type in to like make that one appear was like nigger. <laughs> I think it was like it was like dog, like D A W G. And like context, our company has had one two black people at the time, and um, and your, your, your company, your former company, was trash for hiring black people. Mm-hmm. And so, <sighs> I saw it pop up at one point, and I was like, no, we can't just be using nick cannon's face 
all over our Slack and have no black people here. Like that's like minstrel. That's minstrelly. Well, well, I mean, I'm going to unpack it more, more later uh, when you leave. But yeah, my problem with that shit is it's like, OK, you can use black people to describe how you feel but you rarely give a fuck about how black people feel. You don't really have yes. black people in your life, but yet you're using them to to emote yes. via text. Exactly. And then also there's like the funny aspect, like you're laughing at it and it's like, there are two black people. How does that make, how would that make them feel first of all? Yeah. And then like, and then like just the fact of like, we're at this rich tech company where everyone's paid well and there's like very few black people, like that's really fucked up. Anyways, I... I reported it and got it removed. That's, that's <laughs> wonderful. I don't. <laughs> I kind of hate that you said that I, here. I did my part, baby. I really fucking hate that you 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 are white savoring here on this podcast, I and I wish it. you didn't say that. But oh. I look like such a sucker. Well, what, what am I gonna say? Oh, well, they used it, and I'm gonna just leave now. <laughs> like, well, no, you just say the bullshit that happened. Can you understand why I don't want white savior talk on the podcast? I do understand that, but I also wait. Can you understand why I would be like? You know, I do, and I'm and I'm saying oh, my feeling overrides that. Okay. So, that, <laughs> anything more you want to say? But actually, yeah, let me ask you this before you go. Do you feel like, cause, so like, do you feel you have any friends that do digital blackface? Hmm. Not really. I don't really have, like, most of my friends, they don't, like, because I, I also think of digital blackface as, like, how you type, you know? Right. I don't think that my friends type like black people and talk like white people. <laughs> I hate that yeah. shit. Maybe my sister. <laughs> she, yeah, she's a special case. She's a special case. She's, like, very problematic. I have a cousin who does digital brown face. Which I find funny. Yeah, yeah Ar Ariel has a cousin that like thinks she's like uh, Mexican, and then yeah. so I've been doing the social experiment where I just keep calling her Latina, and she doesn't correct me. Yeah. So you know, because I'm ignorant. All right, Ariel, thank you. Thank you, Lyle. Hide your kids. Hide your wife. Ain't nobody got time for that. I knew something was wrong when a white girl ran up in my arms. Gotta have big testicles. Let's unpack the black neighbor meme. One of my issues with people that ain't black, it's not from the hood, that would share this shit, is these people would never want to interact with these people they're fucking laughing at. You don't have people in your personal life that speak like this Yet you're constantly posting about it. And that's why I think you're constantly posting that type of bullshit, because you do not have people in your life that speak like that. You did not grow up around neighbors that spoke like that naturally on purpose. And these people that get these viral moments are not used to being heard. So if you put a camera in their face, they're going to fucking perform. And I know black people and I know black performers and I know performers. Charles Ramsey was performing. I'm not going to strip him of his hero stripes, his good guy stripes, but he was fucking putting on a show for that camera. He knew what the fuck he was doing. I have a hard time believing 
that whether it's Charles Ramsey or, or any of these other people, hide your kid, hide your wife. Like they they are literally, I don't want to use the term making love to the camera. They're making coon eyes to the camera, you could call it, but they're like they're fucking they're fucking performing. And my issue with that is it's side laughing at people. Cause then what you have cause then what'll happen is you'll have like some like little producer that'll chop up their vocals, put it on some like house or K-pop beat, and you know the niggas didn't approve of the song. You know they weren't in the studio with the producer. And on top of that, you can tell from the music a black person did not do the beat. Now, now don't get it twisted. We black. We can make all types of music. We got that versatility. But it's clearly it's clearly not made for or by black people just off the, the drums and the melody. Because like if a black person made that shit, like it would have some like kind of more knock. Like, I mean, like I, I think about the time some of that shit happened. It's like Somebody like would have put like I don't know like a like I don't know like like the Dougie beat like he had big testicles <laughs> da, 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 da. like there would be like a little bit more knock on it but they're doing like this sort of like kind of house music shit like they're doing some like fucking like you know Coachella uh, nightclub in Australia and like he is is and this is also like a little bit of like black culture hip hop beef of mine but it's like when motherfuckers will take you know like a classic rap record. And then put it over some house shit. And I know black people, we invented house music, Chicago and all that. But I mean, come on. Like, we know that when, even even though we invented the shit, we know that when you put some rap vocals and our classic uh, uh, from Africa, from the Bronx rhythms, and you put it over some shit like that, we know it's not fucking for us. We know you are trying to reach the white, a white audience. We know you are trying to reach the masses. So, with, anyways, back 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 to what I was talking about. You can tell it's not, a black person ain't even make that shit. You laughing at dumb niggas or whatever you perceive to be that. Not saying that they dumb, but just saying like that. That's what that's what the fuck you laughing at. Because if you if you really from the hood or you really grew up around black people, that type of talk isn't new. You know what I mean? And then even like a nigga being like performing. I mean, because like for for where I'm from, and like, yeah, when the Ch Charles Ramsey shit came out, like, it is kind of funny, because, like, a guy is, like, it is objectively funny. He's talking about uh, a guy having big testicles on TV and stuff like that, but it's like, okay, you, you realize you're talking about a guy that, like, fucking raped and tortured uh, teenage girls for, like, you know, over 10 years. It's like, and that was a situation that was kind of made light of because of the fuck, because of uh, his performance, you know? But that being said, is if you really from like where we from, you kind of find that annoying. Like the because there's always like, you know, on the bus or the train, like a nigga trying to engage like some white people or, or some Asians. Or and like, you know, not from here, Asians. And they get real like, you know, I, I don't want to just straight up say minstrel showy, but. I'm just gonna be nice and say they're performing on like the at worst, yeah, yeah, they, they fucking cooning it. Not in the fun way that we like to coon, like me and Trev. But so my biggest problems with the black neighbor memes and videos are this. One, maybe this is because I come from a certain era of hip hop, but I don't like when a motherfucker be dick riding something they don't know nothing about. I don't like the visual 
safari aspect of it. And I can't lie, like hip hop don't play some role into that because you do have like, like, cause I also came from the era where like you, you had like a lot of motherfuckers that didn't really know shit about black people, but they listen, they had all types of rap CDs and, and stuff like that. And they felt they had an understanding of black culture and, and shit like that. And they felt like they could tell a nigga about the hood. So I'm not going to act like the era I come from ain't had nothing to do with that. But I mean, outside of that, it's like, man, you come on, man. Like this shit, there's a reason we call it digital blackface, you know, because it goes back to some shit that happened way, way before hip hop, you know, way before music videos and social media. But so with that being said, I don't like that kind of because it's like you don't really know about that. You're looking at it from a very like national geographic kind of way. And I didn't even like the way that like, you know, a lot of black people had issues. I mean, and I know I talk shit about Africans on here sometimes, but like a lot of black folk, we took issue with the way that National Geographic portrayed Africans. And when there was that kind of whole day of reckoning with the the uh, black square bullshit, like there was there was people who was like, oh, no, I think it was National Geographic that was like, hey, we kind of fucked up with our coverage of Africa because they were kind of they were showing like you know some like you know. Uh, some lady with her titties out in, in some cloth in the same way that they would show some fucking elephants or some pelicans or, or some rhinoceros or whatever the fuck animals they show up in there. Like they were showing African natives in that same sort of capacity, along with some Southeast Asians. Two, my issue with the black neighbor memes and videos. This is my huge personal problem with it. You don't embrace you don't embrace black artists when they're really out. Like, yeah, maybe you fuck with a Kanye, or you fuck with Drake, and the bitches love Lizzo. You might watch Atlanta or The Wire, but it's got to be really good, really great black art in order for you to embrace it. But you don't engage black artists on a regular basis. You don't engage black expression on a regular basis. You don't have a human connection with black expression. You mean Ice-T selling bullshit car insurance and a black person cooning for a camera is more worthy of a chuckle and engagement when it's real black motherfucking artists trying to get their voices out? I hate that shit. Three. You really, really take away from black humanity when you engage in that type of content, but don't engage with actual black folk. And I got to tell you, just because you have black friends, just because you have black relatives, don't mean shit. You can look at a black person with humanity while when most of your online laughs are at the expense of black persona archetypes, whether it be the hood rat, whether it be the thug, whether it be like the rapper, whether it be, you know, whoever, crackhead. Me, for example, I don't really have Asian people in my life. They don't come into my circle. I don't, so I don't really talk about Asians like that. I make jokes about, you know, them having Instagram food blogs, like in my personal life, like, yeah, man, you would be posting about some fried chicken sandwiches. <laughs> 
but it's not been too many Asians I've had like a genuine connection with outside of Filipinos. And I feel some, I know some of them would tell you that doesn't count, but I'm not going to get into telling Filipinos they're Asian or not Asian on this episode because this is like a, you know, I'm saying some real shit. But so I don't talk about them in my comedy or laugh at them because I don't know enough. Same thing with gay people. Like, I don't really have a connection with gay people. And I don't like I'm not about to go up there and be like doing some like bad driving. And yes. And like making fun of the way gay people talk because it's not, you know, 1982. I make fun of Mexicans a lot. Because I see the humanity in them to where I can laugh at the surface shit. And then I can also say, and I'm not saying I'm like no Mexican expert, but I'm saying I really, I've been around it. You know, I've been in love with a Mexican woman and, and been around her family. I've got Mexican homies where we close and we got ups and downs. I've been around they peoples. They've been around mine. So do I have a right to say anything I want about Mexicans? No, not at all. But if I say some shit like, you know, they're just a bunch of brown rednecks because they like to ride horses and be racist. It's because, like, I have some sort of, like, idea. And I'm not saying that statement right there is cool, but I'm saying, like, if I say something like, you know, you ever notice, like, they smile when they talk all the time? Like, hey, man, I got some bad news for you. Like, it's, I feel comfortable saying that because, like, I've been around it. But, like, if, if gays, Asians... I ain't around them a bunch, so I don't like really want to. I don't really want to talk about that. I don't like talking about shit that I don't know. And and just me personally, I think it's extremely whack to joke about people you don't really get a human connection with on a day to day basis, unless they're white. I mean, because I have this thing where I feel a lot of people fuck up that are not around. They just kind of have black people in one type type role in their life. Like I think, like I think white liberals fuck up a lot because, especially in the Bay Area, because they are used to being around more. Um, I don't want to say subordinate. I don't want to say submissive, but they're used to being around black people of like a certain education status and a certain kind of socioeconomic background. They're not used to having black bosses. They're not used to having black people tell them, yo, this is how it is. They're not used to having black people that are like, be like, get the fuck out my face. So when they interact with somebody like Lyle Barron's, who was a don't take no shit type of Negro, it's like, oh, what the fuck? What the fuck? What the fuck? Humanity is key for me, though. Humanity is like very important because there are certain ways where you can just really surround yourself, especially if like, especially if you're not used to like seeing or being around a certain type of motherfucker, I mean, you know, somebody of a certain ethnicity, and then you just fill yourself with these images, it's like it's going to get real menstrual show, showish. So I've always taken issue with motherfuckers talking about things they don't know about or they did not experience within stand-up comedy. 
light-skinned niggas be like. Dark-skinned niggas be like. Remember those memes? I know you remember those memes. So we know about slave owners dividing black people on plantations via skin complexion and house niggas and field niggas and all that. And enough Negroes have carried that shit from slavery. You're a fucking idiot if you don't think we just going to carry the the Negro spiritual musicality and the slave breeding for how we have, you know, these like superhero sized humans in the NFL and the NBA, but we're not going to carry some of the ignorance, pain, trauma and Stockholm syndrome from slavery. You an idiot if you if you don't think we're going to carry both. So with that being said. Late 2000s, early, but probably more early 2010s, we had a guy like Drake to laugh at. And Drake was, even though the music was dope, he was really on the corny side when he came out. Clean shaven didn't compliment him as well as the beard does now. But having a beard was still kind of like a scumbag, dirty guy thing in 2009. Him hugging up on NBA players that were younger than him, like he was a Make-A-Wish Foundation kid, the drunk dial player hater anthem that plenty of dark and brown skin brothers have done. Fuck that nigga that you love so much. But Drake was the mascot for corny, light-skinned nigga behavior. When honestly, I'm sure a lot of, you know, the corny shit and him tearing Achilles, I'm sure a lot of the corny shit really kind of just came because he's a nigga from Canada that was comfortable being himself. <laughs> Don't get me started on Tory Lanez. But so anyway, so we made memes and we laughed. And if you light skin, you either said it was ignorant out loud or you ran along with the joke, whether you liked it or not. But the bottom line is, it was something for us, by us. There was no black Twitter or black brunch. We were just some niggas on the internet. Simpler times in 09. Then eventually the Mexican girls that fuck black guys got in on the joke. Then the Mexican girls that didn't fuck black guys got in on the joke. Then white kids, then Asian and Indian kids that have no sense of colorism in the black community, empathy for black experience, and they came and they made jokes and they shared memes. And here's my thing with jokes is you don't always want to correct people even if you don't like the fucking joke. And I'm not talking about a joke at a comedy show because fuck you. You know what the fuck you signed up for. You're not supposed to like everything you hear in a comedy club. But I'm talking about like in person or in a social, a social situation. You don't always want to correct people if they make a, a distasteful joke or say something tacky. Well, you should have said something. How come you didn't say anything? You should have said something. Do you know the energy that one exhausts on correcting people? And I mean, and this is why drinking with white people is an activity that I've retired long ago. But just, I want to unpack that real quick. <coughs> Just correcting people or letting people know how you feel because the other result is you could put yourself out there. And this is what I think a lot of people fear. I think more than like rejection in like uh, 
on, on a sexual or, or romantic base basis, I think people really fe- fear putting their feelings out there and saying like, hey, I, that hurt me. Uh, I found that offensive. Having somebody say, oh, you can't take a joke. Ah, oh, you're being too sensitive. Get over it. And it's like, whether it's being sensitive or not, it's like you, like, I go by the context of, am I saying something at the expense of somebody else? And what does the fucking asshole normally say? Well, you can say it about me. I don't have an urge to say that about you because I don't really show love and I don't relate via, via really being a fucking dickhead. Like, that's not how the fuck I relate, man. That's not how I show love. So to be like, well, it's how I show love. You're a fucking bitch-ass nigga. All right? You a bitch-ass nigga. Anyways, back to Drake. I'm sorry. So you exhaust a lot of energy correcting people, though, and you don't always, depending on the situation, the context, you don't want to have to write out some, like, long thing or some fucking history report for somebody to get why, like, whatever they're saying or doing is fucking whack. So, like, me personally, as a light-skinned black man from the hood, I got tested. Because I was coming from L.A. to Oakland, I was going from kind of light skin. I get some might say light skin. Some would say uh, diverse black city to a very dark skin city. You know, so like I grew up having to like get that and deal with shit like that. And then niggas is making jokes. Hell not like, like, oh, you niggas soft. It's like, no, I mean, straight up to go through what I went through. You can't be fucking soft. But then when the jokes and the memes were out, like, of course I made jokes. I was fucking 21 years old. But I ain't gonna lie, it was certain days, especially when somebody that wasn't black did like a light-skinned niggas be like or light-skinned dudes be like joke. I wanted to put a bullet in their fucking head. Just being honest. Like, I really wanted to fucking, like, take a knife and put it through their cheekbones and slice them like a fucking guillotine. Because you're talking about shit you don't fucking know about, nigga. And here's the thing. Like, when it comes to to black people, we are... Even when it comes to light-skinned, biracial people, it's so many different. Like, you you can have your... You got your Drake-type biracial. You got your your Matt Barnes-type, where Matt Barnes is like a little, you know... You, you see he's always got, like, the swisher and the blunt on his lips. <laughs> you know, you got, like, little Bibby fucking... You know, nigga from Chicago. You know, you got a, a J. Cole type. You got a Keisha Cole type. You know what I'm saying? Like, so so to see other people come out and make it this one thing, it's fucking annoying. And I mean, you know, the jo- like the jokes, they were ignorant. They were funny. They were fucking, they were fucking jokes. But when others got in, I was like, oh, fuck no. And to put light skin privilege and burden in perspective outside of being black. Because I know a lot of people are like, yeah, man, Drake on. You light skin niggas is coming up. It's like, no, nigga, I still live at home and I ain't got no bitches or money. Like, it, that didn't do shit. You, like, you're retarded. But <laughs> to put light skin privilege in perspective, 
and yes, I'm aware light skin privilege is a thing. It it don't go that far, like you know, but it's it, it's it's there. Like on the on the service level, like yeah, we'll get uh something like Hurricane Katrina happens, and you could show the faces of the families, and like this did happen. Light skin families and people were getting more money than dark skin folks. So like I'm that privilege does exist, but on a day to day level, when you're dealing with with white people, here's light skin privilege. You just dark enough for them to want to be buddy buddy with you, like you're clearly different, but you just light enough to where they would try some shit. They might, and the key word is might, because some will, try some shit they would not with a dark or a brown-skinned brother. And this is before memes. I'm not blaming memes for that. I'm not blaming memes for that. But I mean, before the joke became tired and we got like think pieces to combat, because that is one thing like the, the 2000s gave us is, is the think piece. But before that, I was like, man, this is some shit. And, my, and, and it goes back to my issue that it dismisses black experience. Light-skinned niggas are soft, cry over girls. When it's ones that really fucking fight. It's ones that really, and I don't even mean this to know like, you know, gangster street way. I just mean like, bro, it's some like alpha male light skinned niggas that like you don't, you don't want to fuck with. It's dark skinned niggas that are sensitive. They like poetry. They're romantics, but they viewed as a, I do a bitch any kind of way. Yeah, that's how dark skinned niggas get down. And again, the humanity was gone. And I don't. And when I say the humanity being gone, I don't want to keep it to just white people. Because for me, in the end, black is black and the rest is others. So to see Latinos, Asians and Indians get in on the joke when it's colorism and racism in their communities and especially racism towards motherfucking black people. But they got but they're going to laugh at our shit. Hell no. You don't want to put your shit out there, but you just want to laugh at our shit. And that's a great example of being black in America. So I have no other thing to unpack where I could like fit this story in because what the podcast is like, you know, it's 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 candid. You're talking, but there's like a ten to fifteen percent, like you know, performance aspect that goes into having you know a decent pod. So I'm gonna just say it here. I was like fifteen. 16 years old. So this is like 2000. Well, I remember the year. This is like 2006, 2007. And I'm at this now closed Borders bookstore that was in San Francisco. And I like going there. They had like three different levels and I would just like skim shit and, you know, basketball, basketball books, rap magazines. And like, it's fun. So then I'm there one time. I'm like just skimming like a source or vibe magazine. I don't really want to buy, but I'm just seeing what's in there. And it was these white kids that had to be just a little bit older than me. And it was like seven, eight of them, boys and girls. And they walk in and they're probably like, you know, 18, 19, something like that. And they walk in and they start opening up. And this is like one of the racist shits I ever saw. Like you ever remember that uh, bit Dave Chappelle was talking about? where he was like, 
But he was like, yeah, I see something so racist. You feel like you're in the movie. You're like, wow, that's really racist. So it was like about seven, eight of them. They walk in. They start opening up uh, like the shit I'm reading, like, you know, Source, Vibe, Double XL, all that. And they start like reading the interviews out loud. Like they, they don't say nigga, but it's like, yo, you know, and I just felt like, and they're like laughing their asses off. And I'm like, what the fuck is this? And I'm like, of course I didn't say, because I mean, it's just me. It's like eight of them. And it's like, what you, like, what you really going to do? I mean, I, honestly, now in today's age, I would probably say something now that I'm like more matured and I have, I have muscles now and I can fight. But anyways, and they, they were just like, yeah, you know, that album, you know, like the way I felt about it, you know, it just is what it is. <laughs> the most smug Caucasian cocksuckers, man, like. I have like like a memory of like some of the like most racist shit that didn't involve the n word that like I've experienced and that's right fucking up there. And I'm like, and like that's a good because that was because that's like 2006 2007. So that's the time before. I mean, MySpace was just getting off the ground. Like nobody, you know, we didn't really know what we were doing with uh with social media and all that. So. That's a good example. I mean, what do you want to call it? Blackface print? But it's just an example of, again, like, and I'm sure those kids don't think that they're racist. They didn't see anything wrong with it. They're like, no, but, like, you know, you're not supposed to talk like that. Yeah, I have no problem with African-Americans. But, you know, you just, but like, like the, the way that they talk, it's funny. And it's in a magazine. And it's print. And, you know, like, somebody wrote that in a magazine. In magazines, people normally don't speak like that in magazines. The magazines that you read. Well, right, sure, sure. But I mean, I'm, no, no, it's not like that. So, yeah, fuck you, white boy. Fuck you, white bitch. But my whole point is that was an example of like, wow, you guys are just having this laugh and like the humanity is fucking gone. And don't get me started now because like I, I don't be on TikTok. I don't, I don't know what the fuck these... Gen Z kids. I don't even really know what the black Gen Z kids are doing like that unless they have a popping song. <clears throat> but there was shit like uh, a thing called uh, the George Floyd Challenge where like these... It's fucking sick. And it was exactly what you think it is. It was like white motherfuckers kneeling on people. And it's like... It's one thing if it's like some storm the Capitol bitch-ass motherfucker, right? But these are like kids. These are like our future. Th these are like fucking... Tina, and I'm not saying like, oh, we need their identity and like, let's, this 14 year old did this thing that other kids on the internet were doing. So let's fucking ruin their lives for life. Like, I'm not saying that. What I'm saying is I see, and also like some of these uh, little George Floyd uh, challenges, it feels even set calling it that. But it was like, I seen one and it was a white kid kneeling on their black friend's neck. So the black kid was a willing participant in that bullshit. So I look at these things and then I, I think about that time I'm in Borders and it's these kids that be like between 17 and 19 doing that shit with the magazines and they just all fucking like ran out and they're, I don't know, they was maybe on like a college trip and just running around the city and they couldn't go into a bar so they're just like fucking around. So but I look at that, and what the trend I see is not, oh, blame a kid for some shit they did as a teenager that wasn't cool. 
and fucking end them and cancel them. That's not what I take from this. I take from this is I think a lot of people, especially white people, have a difficult time seeing humanity in black people. And they really just fucking like laughing at niggas to call it what the fuck it is because we're fucking different. It's like there was a time like... I mean, my generation did as kids, where it's like the way Chinese people talk was funny. When they, oh yeah, oh to the dollar, oh oh, and it was funny to do that voice. And then the joke either got old, you got educated, you got you some Asian friends, or whatever happened. But it's to the point now where it's like, well, Vietnamese voice is still kind of funny, but it's like it's to the point where. If you are gonna make fun of if you are gonna make fun of like an accent, it's because you're from that or you really know people that speak like that. But it's like, yeah, like what we was doing, like as kids, like, yeah, we was laughing at some shit, but we, you know, I mean, at least me, like and a lot of my friends, we grew out of that shit at like 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 second, third grade. We're like, oh yeah, that shit's not cool. Like, all right, all right, yeah, yeah, we shouldn't be doing that. But so as somebody that can speak on the end of like, yeah, because we've done that, because like nothing sounds more foreign for, for us at that time than a Chinese accent. But here you are in America and black culture is, I don't want to say all around you at that time, but it's around you enough in 06, 07, and probably even 96, 97 to the point where the way we speak should not be this sort of like fucking foreign thing that you just run up and like, make fun of, you know? And we see how that carries to adulthood. It's not about crucifying those kids in that borders. It's not about crucifying these kids on TikTok by the way, it's funny, man, because like on one hand, not to go off on the tangent, but with Gen Z, it's like on one hand, like we kind of act like there's this like, oh, they're super politically correct. But it's like there's some really fucked up shit out there. And like there's these things where like these challenge with like these white kids and they'll like have like a, a, a bag of hot Cheetos and they'll take they'll uh, get some like they'll tape some paper to make it look like they got the long acrylic nails and to, you know, basically do like the, the stereotypical hood rat shit. And then you also got like, like the white kids on Instagram and the social media that are like, you know, my age or closer to it, where they could be like in the fitness or whatever. And they're like these white kids. And then it's like, Oh, white girl fucking twerking and lifting weights to 21 Savage. Oh yes. But then a black girl do it. Then it's like, you know, Oh, this is kind of ghetto. This is like really, really black. You know what I mean? Like perception. But so, but so anyways, back to that, like with the humanity being taken out is it's not about crucifying these kids for life. But the bottom line is they fucking grow up and they end up be, they end up working in the healthcare field. They end up, you know. Working for our government, they end up becoming law enforcement. They end up becoming judges. They end up becoming court appointed lawyers. They end up running multiple businesses and being very successful and having the power to hire people. So if that lack of humanity and empathy never really gets checked, 
then that's why we have the society that we have today. That's why we have fucking bias and we have well-meaning white people that are still shitty white people at the end of the day. So if the shit never gets corrected, if the shit never gets addressed, you just have like, you have some fucking white doctors that probably don't realize that they're kind of dismissing a black woman's concern. Well, you know, like they get a lot of diabetes. I mean, I'm not saying it the way a doctor would, but it's like, well, diabetes rates are higher and is overweight and the BMI. So well, I'm not going to pay attention to this. And then somebody mama got to die in four months when if you fucking pay more attention to them, they still be living to this day. That's my fucking point with it. That's my motherfucking point with it. And we've heard plenty of stories of, you know, white kids talking about like, yeah, and we were off drugs and trespassing and the officers were like, go home. It's all right. Go home. Knock it off. And then it's it's a nigga in jail doing 30 years for some bullshit. So we know about it. But I mean, you know, so that's why I say the humanity and that's why I sound so angry. To close out the show on this, one of the reasons I have such strong feelings about this shit is as a black comedian, as a black millennial, as a black content creator, I'm in a space where I see a lot of people steal the sauce. And to the point where it's not so on the nose, it's not a jack the sauce and a, yeah, yeah, you know what I'm saying? You know, they talking like this. You know, it's not like that. That's my impersonation of something that's not black trying to sound black. I hope I did well. But it's not necessarily that it's so on the nose, but it's like, okay, sneaker culture. Like, all right, you you wear your Nikes, your Jordans. Like, okay, the way you dress, it's all like, yeah, you're not dressing like, like a street nigga in 2021. You're not dressing like you about to pull up to a black club. But everything about you is coming from black culture. Nah, fam. Yo, it's fucking like uh, right-wing uh, neo-Nazis or whatever, alt-right, whatever the fuck you want to call them. Pieces of shit. And they on Twitter and they talking about nah, fam. You know what I'm saying? So I look at this stuff where it's like, yeah, our culture is all over. But I mean, back to, back to the content creator shit is I see that type of stuff and I'm like, and I see that the praise it gets from these white kids, I see the praise it gets from these Indian kids, I see the praise it gets from these racially ambiguous kids that do not have black in them. These biracial people that are not black. And I see like, you know, the clout and all the shit that they get off it. And then I see the type of black voices that are amplified and acceptable. I see it. And I mean, obviously, you know, you get upset, disappointed, you're used to it, whatever. You know, it, it really just depends on the day. Like, if you really want to ask how I feel about it, it really just depends on the day that you catch me in. But my ultimate perspective is, well, that's America. But I see this from like comics, podcasters, uh, air content creators, whatever the fuck that is. If you don't have like an exact title, 
you know, uh, the fitness people, uh, you know, people that maybe like they make some like basketball videos. And I see I see this type of shit that they do. And I'm not saying that there's like a shortage of black people getting on. I'm not making this. Uh, oh, this this is what's holding me back. You know, I'm not making it about that. But what I'm saying is it's really frustrating when I know a lot of these people and they don't really show respect for their black counterparts. They don't give a fuck about black people, black issues. They don't have a connection. Like I talk to these motherfuckers. They don't know how to talk to us. They weirdos. So that's that's like what I really don't like about it. It's like you see, it's a bunch of like bitch ass niggas. It's not from where we from. But then, you know, they just throw a little bit of sauce on it and they look at it as, as fucking cool. And I'm not saying I'm the coolest nigga in the world, but I'm just saying, like, that's that bullshit. That's how I honestly feel about it. I don't fucking like it. What I would love, what I would love, don't put that rap song in your story, fellow creator. Don't fucking come and do our challenges, whether it's the fucking, um, whatever fucking challenges we be doing. <laughs> like, stay away from that shit. Especially if you're not really about amplifying black voices, which is the bullshit y'all was on for three fucking months. And I don't mean amplify black voices in a condescending way. I mean, were you really recognizing where you getting the sauce from? Oh, you don't know the origins of why you dress a certain way or why you speak in a certain way or why you doing your hands a certain kind of way? Keep it real, my nigga. You did not grow up in your household speaking like that. Your parents didn't fucking speak like that. Oh, well, I'm just performing. You know, it's like what we all do. Nah, that's that's what we all do now. That's not what we all did. I do not like seeing that shit. Oh, allow you can just turn your phone off. Nigga, fuck you. Don't tell me to turn my phone off in 2021 in a pandemic. How dare you tell me to turn my fucking phone off? Bitch ass nigga. But I don't like that shit. And if you fuck with me, if you fuck with other black content creators, pump our fucking shit. This has been the Let's Unpack That Podcast. I've been your host, Lyle Barrens. Thank you very much for tuning in. Hope you have a nice week, and I'll see you on Friday. Be well. This is the Let's Unpack That Podcast. I'm your host, Lyle Barons. Thank you for tuning in. Today, we will be unpacking digital blackface. One thing you hear a lot from people is, it's not the internet. Oh, fuck. <laughs> <laughs>